This episode is brought to you by Novilla Mattresses. Are you single but planning on having another person in your bed now that the world is returning to normal? Well, to my knowledge, it is important that your bed isn't uncomfortable. However, you don't want to break the bank in the process of buying a new bed. That's why I sleep on a mattress made by Novilla. Meet their Bliss Organic Memory Foam Mattress, perfect for those who want a cool, dry, undisturbed sleep throughout the night, made with organic bamboo charcoal fiber, excellent motion isolation, cooling gel-infused memory foam, fits all bed frames, and reasonably priced between $179 and $369. Perfect for if you want an inexpensive mattress for you, your children, or even for your guest room. Using promo code SHWEEZY or the link in our description, you can save 10% on any purchase through Novilla directly. Again, that's 10% off using promo code SHWEEZY. A reminder that when you use our links and promos, you directly support this show. What is going on, all my fellow Schwoke Lords? What is up? Welcome to another episode of Cancel Sweezy, the show uh, where you can listen to in the shower. I wrote that down as our opening tagline for today, and uh, that's uh, what we're doing. Let's see if I can mute this. I think there's a uh, reverb on. Not gonna, you're not going to hear that shit, but I will, and I, it will drive me crazy. But welcome to this episode of Cancel Sweezy, folks. Yet another fantastic episode, a great episode that lets you all know uh, that I'm thankful for you, and uh, yeah, this is a show you can listen to in the shower, surprisingly enough, that uh, you, no one's ever going to stop you from uh, that ever, for any reason whatsoever, no matter who you're with or what you're doing, ever, for any reason whatsoever. Uh, so welcome to the show today, it's Cancel Sweezy. Um it's Monday when it comes out, but it's Thursday here, um, if you're watching the video yet again, I am still at Front Porch Studio here in Nashville, Tennessee, or Hermitage, I don't know where they're saying, necessarily saying the studio is, it's, it's in Nashville, Hermitage area, is where the studio is, but, uh, glad to be recording here again, and hopefully I'll give you updates on what I can actually say, there's only so much I can say at the moment while I'm here right now, um, but, uh, yeah, I'm super excited though. I'm excited to, uh, uh, be here. It's always, this is a nice room. I really like this. So if you ever want to, uh, record here, you can always e- email TJ Mar at Mar Audio on, uh, Instagram. He'll be able to help you out and help you with any recording needs you may have in this studio. And so, uh, it's a great way to say thank you for being a friend to, uh, anyone listening to Cancel Shoes or anyone out there. So, uh, I really like that. I really like that. Still don't have the soundboard. But I think we will at some point get it back, hopefully soon. I don't have it with me in the studio, but uh, hopefully the soundboard does come back because the soundboard is, uh, I know they say, is it really important to this show? It's entirely 100% important to the show, but no, thank you. Uh, like, like I said again, thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Cancel Sweezy. It's uh, 45. Uh, we Once we hit 52, because uh, I've been doing this show, we've been still staying consistent with this show because it's a little bit easier to produce than any other show uh, from a lot of other podcasts because it's just me and I edit everything and I mix everything and I release everything and yada, yada, yada. That's the, this is the type of guy you're getting. So uh, 45 right now, once we get to 52, there's 52 weeks in a year. I haven't skipped a week. So uh, with all of that being said then, uh, we will have had a whole year of Cancel Sweezy and uh, maybe should get special people to uh, 
commemorate us on our one-year anniversary of Cancel Sweezy, which could be really cool. I might get some special guests. We are also coming on 50, episode 50, so uh, that's about five weeks away. I think my general plan, general plan, uh, may be to do a review of one of the greatest cinematic masterpieces of all time, Airbud. I think maybe we can uh, do that and... Uh, yeah, maybe we can, uh, let's go full throttle. Let's, let's just go from here. I'm talking really quietly today. Um, I wonder why, uh, maybe because, well, the acoustics in this room are really nice. So they, they really, I mean, they did a great job at the, uh, acoustic treatment in this room, uh, which is good because they, they had a lot of, they actually had a lot of necessary or a lot of ways they can like permanently put things into walls and shit like that. So that's really cool. But why I'm talking really quietly, maybe because the room's kind of quiet and I try to like read the room. Of course, there's no one in the room right now as I'm recording this podcast. Well, this, this room's more specifically made for music mixing and performing and shit like that. And so, uh, not for necessarily for podcasting. So, uh, with all that being said though, the room sounds great, but, uh, I am talking really quiet today and I don't know why. But uh, maybe I will speak up. We never know. The show is young. And, uh, yeah, the show is young, and uh, we are young. So let's set the world on fire. We can burn brighter than the sun. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of me singing, you can go check out my music. I do have music out now. Uh, previously, almost two months ago. Uh, my EP, Ride or Die Volume 2, came out, and it's still out now, and still has five of some of the best songs I've ever released, along with the first one as well, uh, Ride or Die Volume 1, out now, Ride or Die Volume 1 was kind of more about, like, what does Ride or Die mean? I mean, Ride or Die Volume 2 is more, like, about a specific someone, and, uh, yeah, so you gotta listen to music, and I want you to interpret it your own way, I don't want to be, uh... Uh, talking to you like this is how you need to understand my music you understand my music however you want to that's up to you you get to make that rule and make that decision for yourself and uh in the meantime i will just play it and uh, so go check that out you can also follow me on all social media uh it's at the Sweezy everywhere even tiktok i've been posting a lot on tiktok lately i want you to go follow me over there that's a great way for saying thank you for being a friend because uh, with a great way to say thank you for being a friend, uh, TikTok is where I post, and I post highlights of the show as well. Kind of, I, I got like the access to three-minute videos, which is annoying in most circumstances. But in regards to like posting podcast clips, I really like it. So, uh, with that being said, go follow me on TikTok everywhere or on Instagram, uh, and especially Instagram because if you do want me to talk about something on the show. Uh, minus emailing uh, the shwedcast at gmail.com. You can also as well uh, hit me up. I'm going to scoop back this a little bit. Uh, you can also hit me up at, um, yeah, on Instagram. You just send me a DM. I can always, uh, I will go over every simple, single thing uh, that happens on Instagram. I'm going to, how am I going to put my iPad's right there? Okay. I think that's going to work out. Uh, so yeah, go follow me there. Um, if you want to financially support the show, though, we do have a Patreon page where uh, basically it's just a great way to say thank you for being a friend. Help us, uh, me and everything else, keep doing what we're doing. Help financially support uh, this show. And I think I may need to update the Patreon page, but it's not just uh, like podcast supporting. It actually does support me as a person because this is a one-man operation at the moment. And, you know, we got sponsors and stuff like that. Um, 
But yeah, the Patreon is a great way up front to say thank you for being a friend. Um, you can also, uh, we do have sponsors at the show. If uh, one thing you don't know is uh, how the sponsors work is uh, I get paid when you buy something using our links or promos and shit like that. Uh, so using that, so say you like one of our uh, sponsors, just go ahead and, uh, you know, you make sure you use our links and everything for it. That way, uh, when you use that, uh, it helps the show financially too. And, you know, if something you're already going to buy, just use our codes, you know, and then you get to help daddy out. Um, but yeah, so Patreon, uh, fuck with our sponsors. Uh, but let's talk about the free shit you can do. So, um, obviously if you're on YouTube uh, or YouTube, I look at like the stats and it's like YouTube is very sad, but also the audio is really good. Like I'm really happy with the audio, uh, side of it. Just looking at stats. That's just, you know, that's some little behind the scenes business type stuff, uh, that I'm talking about on the show. I'm still talking really quiet. I think it's just really weird. Um, uh, yeah, but no, um, yeah, no, the free shit you can do, um, that doesn't require you spend any money. So yeah, like I said, YouTube, uh, we're still building up that platform. So if you like watching podcasts, you like seeing me in person, see, give me a reason for getting my hair to look good today. And uh, any other time I record a podcast, you can always uh, check that out on YouTube, like the episode, you know, maybe even like one of the highlights if you just want to watch highlights too. And I know some of you are like, I like this show, but it's really long. And especially in like the audio format when it's long, it works out because, you know, you're driving a long ways, you have that shit going for you. Um, but, you know, uh, my necessarily when you're watching something you know you're sitting at home like, i just want to see the best of the best and uh i was doing each individual segment but now i'm just doing like you know we go over four news articles every week and now i'm just doing like i'll upload two of the news articles but they're not they're both separated and stuff like that it's helping with the tiktok having everything too so you know like you know like those videos leave a comment subscribe obviously on youtube is a great way to say thank you for being a friend if we can get the numbers up a lot it can that can also help me financially support the show you know just uh we get more monetization money and stuff like that. So that's a great way to say thank you for being a friend. However, though, I know a lot of you are audio people. So obviously, if you're listening to this show for the first time, make sure you hit that subscribe button, uh, like the show. Uh, I know on Apple, you got to leave a review. That's one another great way to say thank you for being a friend and something that I will always cherish from now and forever uh, if you do that because uh, reviews, yeah, for reviews really help the show. It's not something... That's super sexy or cool, but it does help the show. It just helps the platform know, hey, people are fucking around with this show. And uh, I really like that. So, yeah, I guess that's all I have to say. Um, anyways, let's just get into the show. This is previous week right now. Bum, bum, ba-da, or whatever they do. Got a text from, yep, yeah, got a text from the one. That's not important because it is Josh, and Josh is not important. He's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a break from listening to the show for a while. I'm like, well, I'm going to talk even more shit uh, about you and everything you do in life. So anyways, though, previous week right now, previous week right now is uh, the news that I go through for you so you don't have to. The real news, not this fake shit. The real fucking news uh, I'm bringing up for you all today. And uh, now that I have your attention, let's just get into it. I'm going to go over some real news. Uh, real news uh, from uh, what I'm seeing here. Um, is this first one's from Now Toronto. I got off the website. British Columbia officials endorses glory holes as COVID-19 safe sex methods. Now, I have previously talked about uh, different COVID safe sex, like don't kiss and uh, glory holes have been brought up before. I think in New York they was brought up, but never in Canada. They have like healthcare that's... Uh, that's not 
for profit. And so I respect that a little bit more. Let's get in. Let's just get right into it. COVID-19 has us living in unprecedented times for a number of reasons. Among those, the fact that the term glory holes now appears in official health literature from government across North America. Public health or- organizations have been issuing new guidelines and messaging to help stop the COVID-19 pandemic, including best practices for having sex. Such advice has proven to be especially crucial after several months of lockdown. Public health units, including New York City's, have recommended using large barriers like glory holes as a potential way to avoid spreading COVID-19. For the uninitiated, a glory hole is an opening through a wall or a partition used in performing a variety of sex acts. Uh, This week, uh, British Columbia climbed aboard the bandwagon with the new guidelines around COVID-19 and sex from the BC Centers for Disease Control, BCCDC. That's that's way too long. Uh, In guidelines, BCCDC uh, representatives suggest residents use barriers like walls, for example, glory holes that allow for sexual contact but prevent close face-to-face contact. BCCDC uh, also suggests wearing a mask during sex and avoid kiss, avoid kissing or using face-to-face positions. <laughs> As, as with other public health guidelines, the BCCDC rules underscores that you are your safest sex partner and that you should not have sex if either you or your partner has shown symptoms of COVID, uh, has come into contact with a known case of the virus, or has been asked to self-isolate. The guidelines add that it is not yet clear if the virus can be transmitted through sex. Early research on the topic has offered differing conclusions. While one study found no traces of the virus in the semen of men who have had COVID, later research found traces in the semen of six out of 38 men tested. So uh, there's a lot going on here. Um, And I know if those of you have been listening to the show for a while, I've covered news articles like this, but it's from Canada. This is the first time we've seen this shit coming straight out of Canada. So that's the most important thing I feel like that we uh, are seeing right now in our world as a society. You know, we we live in a society. Um, but I'm actually, you know, obviously, that I guess it's air transmission or whatever. Uh, I guess that's the big thing. Don't be getting your fucking COVID news from me. Now, get get your news from me. Like I'm saying, get your news from me. I'm the best news source that you do have in regards to that. But uh, in regards to, you know, what I'm saying, uh, uh, sex, I guess. I mean, obviously, don't put your mouth on mouth and then glory holes. I just recently watched... Uh, me and my friend, because the guy from Wise Kids You Know just passed away, and uh, like so, we were watching a bunch of Wise Kids You Know, and uh, yeah, they had a whole glory hole uh, skit. He's like, "That's the beauty of a glory hole. You don't know. It could be a man or a woman on the other side. You don't know. It's the mystery of it all." Oh, a glory hole. That's uh, that's funny, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna make a just a general suggestion out there. Um, Fellas, if you're going to stick your dick in a glory hole, I'm going to say more than likely it's going to be a man on the other side. Just if that's okay with you, it can be okay with you. I'm just saying if you're going to get your penis licked or sucked and you feel a mustache, if that's going to be a problem for you, may I suggest probably not using a glory hole. Uh, That's probably going to be the best uh, solution for you out there. Just don't use the glory hole because I don't feel like uh, the glory hole is made with you in mind. And so yet again, but now I'm interested in this. They found 
COVID in semen? That's interesting. So it can be past the semen. So I guess swallowing's out of the picture. That sucks. I guess we can't sw- we can't swallow now. I don't like how the government is infringing on our rights as, as human beings. I can't swallow now. I don't even know if you're able to spit. I don't know. Is the face and mouth off limits now with this thing? Is is it just a society ruined now that we can't do this? I don't know. But uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure what we're gonna what we're gonna be able to do. So, let's just move on to our next one. Okay, so if you if you paid attention to last week's episode, we did talk about how Jake Gyllenhaal, Mila Kunis, Ashton Kutcher, Dak Shepard, uh, um, Eleanor from, I can't remember her name right now, Kristen Bell, that's her name. Uh, they, they talked about how they don't shower all the time. Um, not like a normal person. And I just flip that. And uh, how much can I just scoot this keyboard? Uh, this will be fine. Um, yeah, okay, there we go. So, yeah. Um, so we got more We got more news. This is like a continuation from last time. Uh, oh, thank God. The Rock and Chris Evans both bathed. This is straight out of AV Club. Uh, pretty fun website. <coughs> Encouraging news today as we learn that both the people's elbow and America's ass are getting properly washed of late. This despite a recent trend of famous people, notably Jake Gyllenhaal, Ashton Kutcher, Mila Kunis, Dak Shepard, and Kristen Bell, and probably others we haven't noticed because we're not trapped in a room with them right now, talking proudly and foregoing the practice of daily bathing. Admittedly, the Chris Evans info is a little out of date, coming from an older interview in which he proudly declares, I shower all the time. I'm a very clean person. It's possible that Evans has since declined to stink, but the Dwayne Johnson declaration is a fresh as the man himself with the Jungle Cruise star declaring on Twitter this weekend that he is not, in fact, a member of the Stank Squad, noting that he actually showers three times a day, which would probably come off as excessive where Johnson, not famous for working out several hours a day every day, also showers are nice. This puts Johnson in firm opposition to Gyllenhaal, who was the latest famous to declare his loyalties to his own funk this weekend. More and more, I find bathing to be less necessary at times. Gyllenhaal recently told Vanity Fair, I do believe because Elvis Costello is wonderful that good manners and bad, bad breath get you nowhere. So I do that, but I do also think that there's a whole world of not bathing that is also really helpful for skin maintenance, and we naturally clean ourselves. And look, there are some arguments that excessive washing can dry out your skin, and most of these folks, including Kutcher and Kunis, do note that they wash the major stink zones with regularity. Uh, But still, ask yourself, who looks like they smell better, Ashton Kutcher or The Rock? So let's answer that last question first, because I feel like that's going to be important. Uh, Who smells better, Ashton Kutcher or The Rock? Now, if we're going, let's go with. uh, Casual meeting, because I feel like casual meeting is going to be the answer to this question. Uh, Casual meeting, yes, it's going to look like The Rock smells better. However, like I said, he does look like he works out a lot. So if you're going post-workout, he may smell a little bit worse. But, uh, yeah, Ashton Kutcher, you know, he, I mean, doesn't look super dirty. But at the same time, though, like, take a look at him. Like, you know, 
You, we rem- I remember people what they were like before dry shampoo existed or t- it did exist and we didn't use it. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I can see Ashton not smelling very good. You think about a lot of people who don't smell good and it's very obvious. Um, one notable uh, that... Uh, okay, I'm just getting comments on everything. Um, why is my light... Okay, uh... One might, yeah, so, uh, yeah, Ashton Kutcher does look like he stinks. Um, but regardless, though, um, what I'll say, though, I think I need to text my friend Steve back. Okay, cool. So I texted him back. Um, But yeah, I guess that's what I'll say. Uh, God damn, if I'm out of focus, it's like, well, let's brighten up the whole screen. Um, but yeah, he does look like he smells bad. So um, that's all I have to say, I guess. Uh, yeah, let's uh, move on to our next article. Uh, this is straight out of Nashville News 4, coming out of where I am at. Parents get educated regarding emojis their children are using. Uh, the secret language of teen is all about the emojis, and just like any slang, the meaning and innuendos are constantly changing. Teens tell us... Oh, teens tell us the double meaning often comes from lyrics and music or posts on social media sites like TikTok or Snapchat. Experts at social media monitoring app Bark say there are several emojis parents need to know that may indicate everything from cyberbullying to drug use to sexual behavior. So they sent me this nice chart. Now, I could edit it in uh, to show y'all, but that's unfair to the audio listener, so I'm not going to do it because that sounds like a lot more work. Um... All right, so a guide for parents. So if you're a parent out there, I'm going to help you out here. Uh, eggplant, that stands for the penis. Uh, a peach, that stands for the butt. And I think these are only for iPhone users. I'm sorry, Android users. I don't think you guys have emojis. Uh, for the taco, we have the vagina. Ghost indicates being ghosted, dumped with no explanation. Uh, then... The fingers doing this, uh, shy, nervous, usually in the context of flirting. Uh, this symbol, which I'm sad I'm doing right now, can indicate support for white supremacy in certain contexts. So hopefully no one takes that. I'm dumb. Uh, there's three water droplets. That means ejaculation. Uh, smiley face with the tongue out may indicate sexual activity, specifically oral sex. Uh, the purple devil uh, stands for feeling frisky or naughty. Uh, a little, uh, a little uh, pepper uh, indicates spiciness, uh, i.e. inappropriate or risque contents. Then there's like a fairy with a little sparkle. Um, denotes a sarcastic, mean-spirited tone. Uh, two regular leaves. That stands for marijuana slash weed. Um, then there's an emoji with the, the emoji thing drooling. Desiring someone sexually often used in response to nudes. Um, two cherries, uh, breasts slash testicles slash virginity, which in my mind, that means too many things. Now, the cherry means popping the cherry. Still, I, I don't know. We shouldn't be breaking, breaking hymens. The young man's game. In my opinion, but I'm no longer a young man. I just had a birthday, didn't I? Yeah, I just, yeah, by the time the subject comes out, I'll, I'll be 28. 
It's like, I've been young my entire life. And people are like, oh, you're so young. I'm like, I've been young my entire life. What can I say? The 100, a stamp of approval, or I agree, hammer, used to refer to sexual activity. And then, like, this eyes, like, lips in between is a response that means it is what it is. Uh, Chief Parenting Officer... Titania Jordan says, while it's important for parents to be educated on the latest trends, it's also about being connected with your children. It's not feasible for you to stay on top of every little thing and be able to decipher everything that we're doing. But you can pay attention to your child if something seems off and then takes a second look. If something doesn't make sense, trust your gut, says Jordan. Jordan also offers these tips for parents to keep an eye on potentially dangerous behavior. Utilize the free but in monitors and filters on your child's phone and internet browsers. Join the Parenting and the Tech World Facebook group to keep up with trends. Utilize a mobile device management app like Bark to help keep an eye on your child's digital use and help you decide if you need to have deeper conversations about issues like cyberbullying, sexual activity, or drug use. So, uh, going through all those emojis and looking at everything, there's, there's... I don't have a kid. And so I'm probably not going to be the best person. However, a lot of these emojis, I, I'm also not that into sexting, I guess. Is sexting more, because sexting existed when I was a kid, but let's say like by the time people actually got iPhones and, and then Android started coming around, I was almost basically out of high school. Oh, I think I was still, I think right when I, right when it started, I was ending high school, so and those weren't like smartphones sucked ass. Uh, but uh, looking at, you know, I'm just like looking at everything here. It's like cherries as breast testicles or virginity. I don't know how I would bring any of these up. And if you're ghosted, you're not going to send the ghost emoji. That makes you look desperate. Um, but then we get to the idea, though, you know, like parents, how much did you monitor of your kids? And it's like you want to protect your kids, obviously. But at the same time, I think about myself as a kid, and I'm like, would I want my parents seeing this shit? Absolutely fucking not. So there's a little yin and yang. It's like, give your, don't be, shelter your kids too much, but uh, also don't let them get groomed by an older man. That's a good uh, life lesson uh, going on here. Let's go to our last article of the evening. O.J. Simpson refuses to visit Los Angeles because he's afraid he'll end up sitting next to whoever did it. No, really. It's from Yahoo. Orenthal James Henson, who foolishly spent almost nine years in prison for a litany of offenses after miraculously beating a murder charge, is afraid not of the boogeyman or raisins in his potato salad, but of crossing paths with the sadistic murderer who killed his ex-wife, Nicole Brown Simpson, back in 1994. Perhaps you've heard of it. It was kind of a big deal. During a recent interview with The Athletic, the Buffalo Bills great discussed his legacy both on and off the football field, as well as his status as number 40 on the athletics list of the 100 best players in NFL history and admitted that much like Timberlands, he doesn't exactly feel comfortable in Los Angeles. I have trouble with LA. The if I did it author said people may think this is self-serving, but I might be sitting next to whoever did it. I really don't know who did this. Uh, I mean, I think I have an idea, but Okay, OJ. After being acquitted of the murders of Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman in 1995, the Jews lost a subsequent civil suit that deemed him liable for both deaths and responsible for a $33.5 million judgment. Yet, despite this fact, the Pro Football Hall of Famer insists that the real killer is off somewhere munching on tuna 
Tataki at Nobu. I figured eventually somebody would confess to something, you know, Simpson told The Athletic. I had one suspect I told my lawyers to look at. I still think he might be involved, but I can't talk about it. Right. For those curious, Simpson has since relocated to Las Vegas after being released on parole in 2017. And if you think surviving the trial of the century would impair his ability to still enjoy the finer things in life, you'd sadly mistaken. You're sadly mistaken. I'm going to read that right. How many Americans even today wouldn't like to live my life? He said, oh, how many Americans even today wouldn't like to live my life? He said, I don't work. I play golf four or five days a week. I go out to dinner for a couple nights and with friends. People want to buy me drinks. I'm always taking pictures of the people. Ladies, hug me. He added, people truly care for me. You know, you don't know who truly cares about you until you've gone through some serious stuff. And I've gone through some serious stuff. The media won't say it, but that is my life. I'm living a good life now. If only Ron Goldman and Nicole Brown Simpsons could say the same. So, you know, a lot of things. Like, so, do does Las Vegas not have mirrors? Are there no mirrors in Las Vegas, folks? Because the only thing he has to do to avoid running into their murder murderer is to not look in a mirror. So uh, apparently that. And also, I bet there's some legal stuff going on in California still, uh, making the reasoning why he doesn't go to L.A. That's probably that's probably something uh, in mind that uh, is keeping him from uh, L.A. That being said, though, um, I still like how he's keeping it up with I didn't do it instead of uh, just like not talking about it. Because if I was him, I would just shut the fuck up because uh, I think that's the only thing he can really do at this point. He's just got to like coast for the rest of his life, uh, see how much uh, CTE damage his brain has gone through. And then after that, we can go home. And uh, be like, we know he did that. And then I guess people are commenting, like, DNA doesn't lie, OJ. And I was like, right before that, anyone trusted uh, DNA evidence and shit like that. So, like, yeah, if he did it now, you would have been caught. And he's like, here's his DNA. Uh, and uh, that's the way it is. Yeah. Look at you. You were able to get your hands on a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox Series X. Look at how lucky you are but you don't have any games to play with it. Congratulations, you played yourself. Well, what if I told you that you could play games for a fraction of the new game price? Well, today's sponsor Gamefly is here to help you out. You probably already know that Gamefly is the best video game rental service out there. Let's be real, there's some games you're gonna keep forever, which for me are Super Smash Bros. Ultimate and Zelda Breath of the Wild. Most games out there, you're only gonna play once, then never pick up again. I know, I bought some games that are now just taking up space on a shelf, which sucks. That's where Gamefly comes in perfectly, because Gamefly literally is the best video game rental service out there. You can keep the games as long as you want, and when you're done, you just send it back, and then get your next game in the mail very quickly, like two days. And if you end up loving the game you rented, you can even keep the purchase from Gamefly and pay a used game price, which is a great price. Using our link in the description today, get your first two months of Gamefly for only $10. So start playing new games using the link in our description. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. Look at you, you fat piece of shit. Hashtag pray for Micah. Looks like you haven't moved a muscle in the last year. Why not try and lose some extra weight and work towards a healthy lifestyle? To do that, though, 
you are going to need some fitness supplements to get the most out of your workout. That's where today's sponsor, FNX Fitness, comes in handy. Losing weight, gaining muscle, or do you need the energy to do a workout in the first place? That's where FNX Fitness comes in. FNX Fitness is committed to creating innovative supplements of the highest quality that provide focus for a productive morning, energy to thrive all day, performance supplements to reach new goals, unique sleep and recovery formulas to support any sport, and healthy supplements to support an active lifestyle for years to come. I also really enjoy their clothing line that makes you look good while you work out as well. And another thing I love about FNX Fitness is that with every purchase, they donate a gallon of water to a child in need. Start working out smarter, not harder, by using the link in our description today. You can save 15% on your purchase, so uh, go save 15% on some of the best supplements out there when using the link in our description. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. All right, folks, so it's time to scrape the bottom of the barrel once again. I've done this like three weeks in a row, but folks, I'm telling you right now, uh, it's been a little hectic, and this is an easy segment for me to do uh, before I have any other shit to say. And so uh, with that being said, though, um, yeah, let's just get right into it, as Philip DeFranco would say uh, on his show or during sex. Um, so this article, I know a lot of people like it when I talk about music, so I decided I'm going to talk about music this week. Um 22 songs you'll never listen to the same way again after reading this post. Now, um, I have done similar things, but BuzzFeed does shit like this all the time and just regurgitates content. And if they can do it, why can't I? And uh, I guess it's waning outside, so my hair feels weird. And all right, so first one we have, uh, definitely one you should have already known. Uh, hey Ya by Outcast. So the lyrics in question, so why, oh, why, why, oh, why, oh, why, oh, are we still in denial when we are not happy here? Uh, the song is about a relationship falling apart, but you have no idea how sad the song lyrics are because it sounds so upbeat. Even the singer says, you don't want to hear me, you just want to dance about the audience hearing the song. Very, very, uh, touching. Um... Yeah, so it's been pretty known for a while. If you've not existed in music, uh, Hey Ya is about like divorce and love falling apart. That's pretty common. It's a pretty common. Everyone kind of knows that. If you know anything about music, you know that. I know that. Uh, he, she, we knows that. And with that being said, though, yeah, I mean, I don't know how much more I have to say that I haven't already said on Hey Ya, but Hey Ya. So, um, yeah, that's all I really have to say there. Um, of course, it lights up like that again. Focus. Focus. Can't, there we go. Uh, next one, number two. So we have like, what, 19 of these? Uh, 22. Ooh, we got 22 of these. So uh, number two, fun, uh, featuring Janelle Monet. We are young. Uh, lyrics in question. My seat's been taken by some sunglasses asking about a scar, and I know I gave it to you long months ago. I know you're trying to forget. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, what it says, there's a lot of drug references, but then there also a line that references domestic abuse. Um, so here I'm kind of questioning this one. And now I'm a big, big fan of fun. Obviously Jack Antonoff, Nate Roos, big fan of the format, bleachers, 
uh, everything like that. Uh, the what we have in question here, though, because um, my seat's been taken by some sunglasses, asking about a scar, and I know I gave it to you months ago. I know you're trying to forget. Um, from because in my mind, I mean, I, I mean, I listened to the album when it dropped, so like, um. Uh, with some nights, and I never thought of that line as actually as like domestic abuse. I thought it was about a bar fight, and uh, and kind of this this idea with "We Are Young." The idea of the song that's always been in my head, at least, uh, was that like you have a rough night because the album's called "Sun Nights," and the idea behind the album was. Uh, at least to me, I'm gonna inter- here's how I'm interpreting everything. You interpret it however the fuck you want. But how I'm interpreting uh, interpreting uh, this, because the entire album's called Sun Nights, and you know you have Sun Nights intro, and then you eventually go into the Sun Nights song, um, and We Are Young, and t- stuff like that. Um, and it's just kind of like you have, it's about different nights, and like how you end the night, and how like your night always ends so differently each and every night. So, you know, some nights I stay up cashing in my bad luck. Some nights I call it a draw. Like, you know, you have some nights you win, some nights you lose. Sometimes it's just, you just break even, uh, type of situation. But when I, yeah, cause when I hear that line though, you know, in the context of the full album, um, cause I always think about this album as like, you go into a bar, this, uh, uh cause this, he's talking about a bar here. Uh, Get my story straight. My friends are in the bathroom getting higher than the Empire States. My lover's in the waiting for me, sitting at the bar. My seat's been taken by some sunglasses. So it, it's alluding to this idea of a bar. Uh, my seat's been taken by some sunglasses. Asking, I guess I can see how it's interpreted that way. I don't see it as domestic abuse. Of course, I don't condone domestic abuse. Uh, apparently, I'm going to have to say that. Someone out there. But no, I. the idea to me on this song is you're running into someone you've seen before and you gave them a scar. Um, okay, now I can Okay, I can see it. Maybe the stranger sitting there is asking her about the scar because I've never... Uh, I always assumed there was someone else you got to a fight with. You didn't really get it, but now you remember uh, this person's... Just, I, okay, I'm getting it why it's domestic violence. I never saw it that way, though, I'm going to say in my mind. I always saw it... Theoretically, as you know, uh, it's someone else at a bar that you're running into. My lover, she is waiting for me, not the bar. My seat's been taken. About a scar. Okay, I kind of get it, but uh, but the song doesn't have like because it's just so out of place to me. Uh, in regards to that, my seat's I because I always see it about someone you fight with or someone you used to be or something like that. Uh, I know I gave it to you months ago. I know you're trying to forget. Um, maybe I've maybe I've changed my mind, but it's just su- such an analogy. But I don't know. It's up to you. Anyone else? If anyone wants to comment on this, uh, my seat's been taken by some sunglasses, asking about a scar, and I guess someone else sat down at the bar and asking her about. It. I guess that's the meaning behind it. Maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe um. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. Uh, I guess I don't get to choose. But anyways, um, let's move on to number three. I've been talking about that one because I like that song. Uh, and yeah, thank you for coming you know, these people watching. It's like, it's bright. Um, 
Third Eye Blind, Semi Charge Life. And then the line in question, doing crystal meth will lift you up until you break. Uh, the song seems so happy and so cheerful, and I loved rocking out to it in middle school. Come to find out, it's about crystal meth. To quote the lead singer, Stephen Jenkins, it's a dirty, filthy song about snorting speed and getting blowjobs. This one's been fairly well known to I've not like you know when you're like oh songs that are actually dark but are you know but uh but sounds but you never notice like this this one and like hey uh, I've always been up there on the list on songs that like oh these songs have darker meanings but they're so like happy and playful and that's the way it is and so like yeah I guess that's that's another question um, for people who didn't know that, I guess this is BuzzFeed. Uh, BuzzFeed is for the lowest common denominator, which makes me question what you're doing here, listening or watching this. Uh, that's up to you. Um, anyways, though, yeah, so that one's pretty well known. The songs by, but the chorus is like, do, 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 do. It's so fun. Like, you can still, like, use that chorus in, like, commercials and shit. That's what's really cool with the, with the song. Um, number four, Nikki Gilder, Hot Child in the City. Uh, danger in the shape of something wild, stranger dressed in black, she's a hungry child. It's about an underage prostitute. Um, yeah, a lot of songs about underage prostitutes. Ed Sheeran's, uh, A-Team, you know. I feel like when you bring up prostitutes in songs, a lot of times it's pretty, it's pretty easy to guess what it's about. <laughs> She says she's in the class 18, fucking a daydream this way since 18. So, yeah, it's usually, yeah, I feel like in regards to, like, if you're going to write about a prostitute, there's no, like, I've not figured out a good, unless someone else can figure this out, there's no, I've not figured out, like, a subtle way to get around that. It's It's definitely a new experience in regards to that, so... That's something you just, this is the type of guy you're getting, I guess. Um, yeah, when you talk about prostitutes, you know. I feel like really sad going through this. Um, number five, Mojan Heap, a good night and go. Follow you home. You've got your headphones on and you're dancing. Got lucky. Beautiful shot. You taking everything off. Watch the curtains wide open. It seems like a charming song with a sweet, warm melody, but if you listen to the words, it's about sock stalking someone. Yeah, um, a lot of songs about stalking, and, uh, yeah, it's always weird when, like, a woman writes about stalking, because I guess, you know, every breath you take, uh, every breath you take, every bond you break, and you pay every man you take, I'll be watching you. Can't believe that song's popular. Anyways, uh, yeah, no, imagine he, I don't know, I, I, is it? Not a lot of these I'm wanting to argue. I've only wanted to argue with, like, one of these so far. Yet again, though, we'll keep moving on and shit like that. Number six, Dexy's Midnight Runners, Come on Eileen. So, uh, yeah, so the lyric in question, You in that dress, my thoughts I confess, verge on dirty, ah, come on Eileen. Oh, I swear what I mean for this moment. 
We were meant to be. I love the song when I was young, but then I grew up and listened to the lyrics. It's basically about a guy trying to talk a woman and sleeping with him by saying creepy things that thinly veiled by nice words. Maybe even an older dude trying to trick a newly legal woman. Super catchy, and maybe I read into it wrong, but it seems so skeevy. Uh, so, yeah, I guess... Um, this is one I've never really thought of. Come on, Eileen. Oh, because I've never, I guess, never really paid too much attention to the verse. Come on, Eileen. Oh, I swear what I mean. From this moment, we were meant to be. Because I guess meant to. Okay, so it just sounds like a love song in the chorus. That's the, the part I, I guess, I would pay attention to most uh, while listening to it. But I guess I never noticed the, uh, the whole. Uh, yeah, the whole like, hey, I'm one, trying to convince you to have sex with me <laughs> type of situation. Uh, I guess I never noticed that, but now that I'm thinking about it, I see it. I think they want to have, yeah, Dexie's Midnight Runner uh, was trying to have sex with a woman named Eileen. So come on, Eileen. Come on. Come on, Eileen. Come on. Come on, Eileen. Don't be stingy. Come on, Eileen. Don't be stingy. I'm just going to suck it dry, Mark. <laughs> okay. Number seven, Uncle Cracker, follow me. I like this song. I'm not worried about the ring you wear, because as long as no one knows, then nobody can care. It's about cheating and hiding it from the other partner. It's actually labeled as explicit. Not worried about the ring you wear. Nobody cares. Although me and everything is all right. I'll be the one to tuck you in that night Cause if you wanna leave I can guarantee you won't find nobody else like me Um, This is one of those, yeah, where like the chorus is not Doesn't really give you the full meaning of the song But it gets to it Cause you, cause you know the choruses I guess Are the most catchy part of the song And when you write a chorus, obviously like I have, uh, you want the chorus to stand out, and that's the part you want stuck in someone's head, uh, and that's on repeat, and that's why you listen to a song over and over and over again. That's kind of how pop music uh, has always kind of been. Uh, you just want to write that thing that's going to be stuck in your head, and you want people to have it stuck in your head, and uh, from now and forever, always. But yeah, never really, I don't care about the ring you wear. <laughs> So I guess he doesn't care if you're married or not. He just, I guess he wants to be with you. But uh, I guess, yeah, I guess the song is about cheating. Uh, never really thought about it. But uh, yeah, uh, this song is about cheating. Um, so congratulations, you played yourself, Shweezy. Number eight, Robin Thicke featuring Pharrell and T.I. Blurred Lines. You're far from plastic. Talk about getting blasted. I hate these blurred lines. It's pretty much a gross rape anthem. Ah. Okay, I don't know the lyrics as well to this song, so it could be a little bit different. However, though, looking, you know, thinking about it uh, as I would, um, yeah, it kind of has that, but uh, the blurred lines... I don't, I don't want to say it's a rape anthem. Maybe, like... Uh, lines of consent, maybe. The blurred lines of consent, I guess, is it. But I'm not going to act like it's a good... I'm not going to act like they're 
this is wrong, but I could see it interpreted another way, okay? This could be interpreted in a completely different way that uh, I don't know about. So that's, yeah, I guess, yeah, blurred lines could be, yeah, I guess that's, it could be a rape anthem. You could see it that way. You could see it another way. I'm not, I don't have, the, I don't want to argue about that song. That's not a song I'm going to defend uh, of anything or what you, of what it wanted to be. Basically, I want to have sex with you type song. Number nine, the red jumpsuit apparatus face down. Do you feel like a man when you push her around? Do you feel better now as she falls to the ground? Uh, this emo classic actually has you scream singing about domestic violence. That's one that people, if you didn't know that song was about domestic violence, you're not that smart. Um, you're you're not you're not necessarily a intelligent human being. Like face down in the dirt, she said. This doesn't. What? How other way can you even hear the song? This song is so obviously about domestic violence. I uh, I like the song. It's a good song. You know, uh, questionable what you, whether you do or don't like Red Jumpsuit Apparatus. Uh, that's up to you. I. Honestly, I don't care about your feelings. Um, but anyways, though, with this song, yeah, you're you're pretty fucking stupid if you didn't really notice the song is about domestic violence. Just saying, just saying. The the focus on this today on this camera. I'm sorry. Um, number ten, Tracy Chapman's fast car. You got a fast car, and I got a job that pays all our bills. You stay out drinking late at the bars, seeing all your friends, and you do your kids. Uh, the lyrics are a lot sadder than you'd think. Uh, the song tells the story of a girl who's stuck in a town taking care of her deadbeat father, then escapes the town with a young man to start a better life. But then, while she's she gets a job and raises their children, he turns out just like her father and drinks his life away. This, I mean, this song, obviously, I mean... Yeah, I, I, I knew the song was about it, but, like, you kind of have to really, with this song, though, I remember we would, you got a fast, you, you just hear, you got a fast car, and then you don't really, remember we were driving, driving in your car, speed, and then, like, that chorus is very catchy, and that's a very hopeful chorus, I, I had a feeling that I belong, you know, like that. But uh, then you, but yeah, but no, if you actually kind of look at it, you kind of have to sit down, look at the lyrics, study it a little bit. And yeah, it's just like a beautiful, it's, it's like, it's a lot like poetry. Uh, and in the sense with this song, a lot of what it's like, uh, where like she, you know, has the deadbeat father and then she tries so hard to not have that life anymore, only to end up in the same situation uh, with her, uh, I guess, baby I'm gonna say baby daddy in the situation very it, it's a very interesting story and it's very I don't know there's a lot of a lot of things you can justify in it do you just always go back to the same thing there's a lot of like studying you can do in the song and like this idea of just how the human psyche works and like then you have that idea is like oh you like men men want someone who's like their mother women want someone who's like their father and she ended up with someone like her father and that's that's a whole a psyche mess that you could get into, but no, it's a, it's a, uh, yeah, no, it's a great song. Like Tracy Chapman's Fast Car, just a instant classic. A uh, song, it's hard to say that song's bad. You may not like her voice and shit like that, but that's a good song. Like a good song is a good song. You can't fight it. 
Number 11, the police. Every breath you take, every move you make, I'll be watching you. You know, we all know Sting's already weird. I once thought it was a romantic, but then I realized it was sung from the perspective of a deranged stalker. Weddings are weird now when this plays. So I... I don't know with, you know, Sting and the writers, all of that, who I think, yes, Sting is the writer on. I remember we talked about in like a music business class where a P. Diddy sampled this song. And like since he wrote the lyrics to it, he got all the royalties. But like with the P. Diddy sample, a lot of it was the guitar, but Sting didn't write the guitar part. It's very, you know, very, very interesting music business type of situation. Um, but. Yeah, I wonder, so here's the thing, though, when I hear, hear it, though, when Sting wrote the song, was it his intentions to be stalkering, or was it more like, I'm going to be watching you, and, you know, or, like, and when he talked about watching you, he's like, I'm going to love you, or whatever. Um, that's that's the thing, though, because, like, yeah, you listen to it wholesale. Every breath you take, every bond you break, everything you take, I'll be watching you. Um so it's a, it's a very, yeah, no, it's a very interesting thing. Do you think his intentions were to be a stalker? Because wholesale it does sound definitely like it's a stalker. But uh, that's up to everyone to decide. That's up to you to decide. I I get the stalker lyrics, um, but in my mind, uh, I need to appear for uh, Uh, still recording though, so yeah. But no, in my mind though, yeah, I feel like it's supposed to be. A, can't can I listen to that? Oh, can't you see you belong to me? As my poor heart aches, every breath. I kind of feel like that's. I feel like the intentions were not supposed to be a stalker. But then again, I've been wrong before, but I'm not usually wrong. Number twelve, Rupert Holmes, Escape, the Pina Colada song. I didn't think about my lady. I know that sounds kind of mean, but me and my old lady had fallen into the same old dull routine. So I wrote to the paper, took out a personal ad, and though I'm nobody's poet, I thought it wasn't half bad. Basically, the whole song is about how both parties are super bored and unhappy in their relationship, so they both attempt to cheat, and when their date ends up being the person they were trying to cheat on, they think it's funny and stay together. So, I mean, obviously, courses courses are great. If you like pina coladas, getting caught in the rain you know it's just a very catchy chorus so like obviously take the chorus it's just fun and then like you listen to the lyrics and the verses and the verses are telling the story obviously about both this, this you're from the man's perspective about how he's wanted to cheat on his wife puts out an ad in the newspaper this song must be pretty old this song's old uh <laughs> and then like he ends up meeting someone to cheat on his wife with but it turned out to be his wife i mean i don't think I don't know how much of the song was meant to be, like, a serious thing. However, though, it's just fun. I feel like this is just a fun song. But uh, don't cheat, people. It's not a cool thing to do. Okay? Don't cheat. Don't cheat. I know just what you're thinking. Don't be so. So uh, don't take the Pina Colada song seriously, folks. That's just uh, my advice to you today. Um... Number 13, Hanson's uh, It sounds like a, uh, yeah, so the lyrics in question, you have so many relationships in this life, only one or two will last. You go through all this pain and strife, then you turn your back and they're gone so fast.
Wait, that's that's the actual lyrics of the song? I guess I never paid attention. It sounds like a fun, catchy song, but if you read the lyrics, you find out it's actually about how time eventually takes everyone away from us until we all inevitably end up alone. Cheery. I guess I never really paid attention to the lyrics in uh, Mbop. Uh, I guess that means that's just... Maybe I have not spent my mental energy to talk about Mbop by Hanson, but maybe I should have. Maybe I should have tried a little bit more. Maybe I should try. Maybe I should have tried. I don't know. But uh, apparently it's a little bit darker than I thought when you see a bunch of blonde-haired kids singing. You never know what you're, what you're looking at. Britney Spears, if you sink Amy, uh, this is the lyric in question. Say what you want about me, but all of the boys and all the girls are begging to you if you seek Amy. Not dark exactly, but darkly sexual. She's singing about how guys and girls are begging to have sex with her. I love this song as a child, but I learned the real meaning when I was 12, and it changed me forever. Seven-year-old me thought it was just a fun song about Amy's friend trying to find her at a party. So, yeah, I think we may have talked this on a previous scrape in the bottom of the barrel, um, but... Nevertheless, though, um, yeah, this one's pretty obvious. I don't really have much to say on it. Um, yeah, for me, I don't really have much to say. Um, moving on, because I don't really care. The Knack, My Sharona. Uh, lyric in question, never going to stop, give it up, such a dirty mind. I always get it up for the touch of the younger kind. Um it seems friendly enough, so friendly the administration at my elementary school used it to blast it during our weekly outdoor lunch days. The most disturbing line is, I always get it up for from the touch of the younger kind. The song is essentially this guy begging poor Sharona to sleep with him, and all I want to know is, how old is she? I did not know that. We're learning things. This is a learning podcast, apparently. We're going to stop giving it up such a dirty mind. I always get it up for the touch of the younger kind. So um, so we're going to have to give people the, them the benefit of the doubt that uh, she is, Sharona is above the age, a queen above 18. We're going to have to give that fact uh, a thing. We can't just be assuming she's underage. Maybe this guy, let's say this guy's 30 and uh, this girl is 20. And he's like, I like, you know, I've always been into young, like when they're a little bit younger. Some guys are like that. Not saying it's a little creepy, but, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio, still cool to me. And he hasn't got canceled yet. So uh, I guess that's that. Um, But anyways, though, uh, don't go out with underage people, people. Okay, let's just keep it there. Okay. Number 16, Eminem featuring Rihanna. Love the way you lie. If she ever tries to fucking leave again, I'm going to tie her to the bed and set the house on fire. It's about an extremely violent and dysfunctional relationship with a straight-up death threat in Towards the End. I remember being younger, and my sister loved to sing along. The death threat disturbed me back then, but it's so much worse now uh, that I'm more aware of just how bad all the lyrics are. I'm 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 just gonna point this out for a second. I don't think he was being literal, folks. I see this all. I've seen this a lot. I don't think Marshall Mathers was being literal when he uh, when he wrote this down or was in the studio laying it down. I don't know how he writes. I, I've not been there, but I I'm gonna just make a guess 
that he was not literal. He was making an analogy about even the songs about a dysfunctional relationship. Uh, and that's what someone would do in a dysfunctional relationship. It's an analogy, folks. We need to calm our tits, okay? I don't think he's being literal with this. Stop trying to cancel him. He's like, he's talking about domestic violence. It's a, it's an analogy. He, he's, he does, it's not literal, folks. Um, and maybe if you, if you can't, if you only understand people literally, you should stay away from art, any form of comedy, music, because you're not going to get it, okay? Number 17, Sean Kingston, Beautiful Girls. They'll have you suicidal, suicidal when it says it's over. I love that song. Sean Kingston gets rejected. I'm going to kill myself. Uh, they'll have you suicidal, suicidal. That's like all. Um, so it's like, your way to beautiful girls. Why it'll never. It's like, oh, man, I, you're too beautiful. If, when it, if, it, if it was over between us, I'd kill myself. And it's he sings it not that dark. And, uh, yeah, you probably shouldn't write about suicide from, like, such a petty standpoint, I guess. It was like, I got rejected by a girl. Because... A lot of people aren't suicidal when they get rejected by a girl. It's happened. But, uh, yeah, it's not a healthy coping mechanism. Like when someone's like, if you break up with me, I'm going to kill myself. And it's just like, okay. Like that's, you're not in charge of someone else's mental health. That's just, yeah, that's just who it is. But I still like that song, though. You'll have me suicidal. (laughs) That one's fun. Oh, next one's a very common one. Foster the people pumped up kicks. All the other kids with the pumped up kicks, you better run, better run. I'll run my gun. All the other kids with the pumped up kicks, you better run, better run. Faster than my bullets. Um, I love dancing to it, and that beat and melody are awesome, but then I actually listened to the lyrics and realized it's about a school shooter. Now, this was before Sandy Hook. The song came out before Sandy Hook. You want to know how I know that is I used to cover this song. <laughs> and uh, and we, me and me and the band would cover this, and it was a lot of fun because it was that bass line, and that's like a three-piece. It was easy to solo over. Um, but, yeah, so this was, I think, around like 2011, I think Sandy Hook. I was in college when Sandy Hook happened, and I was touring the summer before I went to college, and we was playing this song a lot. Uh, so the only other big school shooting would have been uh, uh, Columbine. Yeah, it's Columbine. I was like, is that the right word? Um, is that the right school? Um, but yeah, so that was it. So um, there's a lot to be said with this song. So uh, uh, you should listen to like, interviews when they're talking about it because it's very interesting. Um, if you're very interesting... And they all the other kids with the pond kicks. And, like, these guys aren't, like, school school shooters or anything. But, uh, yeah, it was before school shootings became, like, a normal thing. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know how we should be treating that song. But, uh, yeah. Uh, next one, number 19. We're almost done today, folks. See a chandelier. Help me. I'm holding on for dear life. Won't look down. Won't open my eyes. Keep the glasses full until morning light because I'm just holding on for the night. This is about what C's typical night out was like and her fear of getting sober and dealing with her life, which is very cool. Sia does have a lot of deep stuff going on here. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's something I learned pretty early on. I'm like, oh, this song is about drinking. Um, so it's really cool. Uh, this song is incredibly hard to sing. Um, if you, if you are a singer and try to sing the song, it's incredibly difficult. 
to sing, doesn't care what key you transpose into, it is incredibly hard to sing. And uh, yeah, so if I would actually suggest, yeah, if you want to, everyone who doesn't know, didn't know that, should give that song another listen. And uh, yeah, you could, you really hear, I'm gonna swing from the chandelier, from the chandelier. It's just like that catchy chorus, but like, you you won't get the gist of the song from the chorus. It's just one of those cool songs. One of those cool, cool ass songs. Um, number twenty, James Blunt's "Beautiful." Yeah, she caught my eye as we walked on by. She could see from my face that I was fucking high. Uh, people who think it's a romantic song definitely need to look at the lyrics. In an article James once said, it's not this soft romantic fucking song. It's about a guy who's high as a fucking kite on drugs in the subway, stalking someone else's girlfriend when that guy is there in front of him and he should be locked up or put in prison uh, for being some kind of perv. Um, see, I get that if you really think about it. Uh, but I like to pretend that this song is not about that. That's how I like to interpret it, even though I know it's wrong. Um, you're beautiful, you're beautiful, it's true. Because the chorus, because the chorus is what he's talking about, this soft romantic fucking song. Like, that's the chorus is that. That is the chorus, but then, you know, the lyrics are very different. So I think, you know, people pay so much more attention to choruses. If that's anything we've learned uh, going through this today is that it is different from, like, that. You just, like, the chorus can be so much different from what the meaning of the song is. And, uh, yeah, my Sharona. <laughs> do, 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 do. So, yeah, so people um, believe whatever the fuck you want in songs. That's the lesson. And uh, the chorus doesn't always make the song uh, good. Or clean or nice. All right, we've got two more left. Um, number 21, 1975, Ugh. Now, this is a band I really enjoy, so let's go here. I know your lungs need filling since your gums have lost their feeling, but don't say you're giving it up again. So it's about Matthew Healy's addiction to cocaine and how he tried to quit several times but failed. So, yeah, this is... Um, this is kind of like you have to know the 1975 in the first place, but... Yeah, so it was like the first two albums, he was very heavily on drugs, and it was just, you know, just a way to numb and sedate himself, and uh, talks about that a lot on, I like it when you sleep, because you're so beautiful yet so unaware of it, he talks about that a lot, how he's like on drugs and stuff like that, and then the the next album, um, uh, a condi- what's the fuck is it called? Um, no, it's on a conditional form, that's the one that came out after that. Can't believe I'm blanking on it right now, because I actually really like that album. Uh, a brief inquiry into online relationships. I knew it was online relationships, but yeah, and then that one's about like he went to rehab and got sober, so he writes a lot about that as well. So I mean, if you don't know the 1975, you would not know that about the lyrics. But if you do know about the 1975, you're definitely gonna know about that. So <laughs> that's like unavoidable if you do know who the 1975 is. So. Yeah. Last but not least, uh, Mike Posner's I Took a Pill in Ibiza. But you don't want to be high, but you don't want to be high like me. Never really knowing why I like me. You don't ever want to step off that roller coaster, be alone. I remember when it came out and everyone was obsessed with it. While it's a good song to listen to, it sounds cool. If you actually listen to the words, it's so depressing. 
Yeah, it, I mean, yeah, it's about like him feeling like he's a washed up because he had his hit uh, cooler than cooler than you, cooler than me, or whatever. I can't remember what it's called. Cooler than me. I think it's cooler than me. And then like, so he just like felt like a one hit wonder and type of situation. And then like you know he had to go through that and like you go you know we go to his hometown or whatever. And then you hear people it's like, oh, this is a guy who got famous off one song, and you feel like a failure, even though you you were like you could be a one hit wonder, but you were still successful. Like that's that's the thing though, with him. He I've heard him talk about it. It's very interesting. And then he opens up, and obviously, so like you know, so that's that good thing is like you feeling washed up. It's just a feeling I have as uh, songwriter, even though I never had a one hit wonder, but I feel what he's feeling. I, I just get it. I get it. I don't know if you would get it necessarily, but yeah. And then, but and then he also starts off with "I took a pill in Ibiza to show Avicii I was cool." And obviously, Avicii's uh, been gone now. And then he like you hear him singing about it now. It's like now Avicii's gone, and your life. And it's a lot about like life moving forward and stuff like that. It's very, it's kind of a a, a song for artists necessarily. I'd say I took a pill in Ibiza to show Avicii I was cool. Uh-huh. And then he's like, "You don't want to be like me." You know, and he feels like a failure, even though he has been successful. It's just, it's a very interesting song, folks. So if you if you're into that and you're you're an artist too, something uh really cool. So that's it for this list of uh things. Uh, but yeah, you know, I think uh, I've I learned a lot. You probably could too. It's very yeah. I guess that's uh, that's the way it is. We live in a society. In our current society, actually having to physically walk into a liquor store should be a thing of the past. That's why I get all my booze from Drizzly. Drizzly gets all your favorite beer, seltzer, wine, whiskey, and much more delivered directly to your home. With their easy-to-use mobile app, we are getting one step closer to never leaving our homes. You know, it's saying something when it is being praised as the Amazon for liquor. Drizzly is my go-to app for getting all the booze I need so I can do basically anything the hell I want. So using our link in the description today, you can save $5 off your first purchase through Drizzly. Drizzly has proprietary ID verification technology that it provides to its retail partners that allows drivers to scan IDs for more than a barcode to make sure the purchaser is over 21 years old in the U.S. and of legal drinking age in Canada. Retailers on Drizzly may also have a minimum order or delivery fee. So Using the link in our description today, get $5 off your first order with Drizzly. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. Cooking your own meals are for people with proper amounts of serotonin, which is no one. Are you depressed and hungry? Well, you're still going to be depressed, but you no longer have to be hungry thanks to today's sponsor, DoorDash. If you don't know of DoorDash, they bring you food you are craving directly to your door. Even while I'm dieting, I still get food from Wingstop, Chipotle, and even Central Barbecue here in Nashville. I like that. Uh, With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can get $10 off each of your first three DoorDash orders over $15 when you sign up using the link in our description. Treat yourself like the king and queen you are and order from DoorDash today. Again, that's $10 off your first three orders over $15 when you use the link in our description. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. Okay, so it's time to solve just the world's relationship problems because there's I'm just solving I'm just doing God's work here, folks. So uh, yeah, I'm just doing God's work. Let's just get right into it, as Philip Frank would say. Um, 
boyfriend gets a boner when I'm upset slash crying. Whenever I'm upset and my boyfriend is comforting me, he gets an erection. He doesn't know why it happens, just wondering if this is normal. So I'm going to make a, my educated guess is that he feels very comfortable with you. Uh, now that, that the fact that he's really comfortable with you probably gives him a boner. And I guess it's like an intimacy thing. That's what I really hope it is. Uh, the other, because the other real thing I can, I can say is that he may have a kink where he likes it when you're upset or something like that, which is a weird kink, but you can't always control your kinks. Some people are into feet. I don't think if we had a choice, we'd be into feet. I feel like that's just a, that's something that we as a society would change uh, if I was in charge of that shit. Um, regardless, though, um, yeah, um, regardless, though, yeah, so it's, I'm, I'm going to say intimacy or, um, or a kink, and I'm just gonna hope it's a intimacy thing for you too, because I would suck if it wasn't. To be honest, um, with ya. So, yeah, it's gonna be the best thing I can I can really say. I don't know how much what else I can say about this. I didn't get much information. Um, why is he get a bone? Is he like turned on, or is he just get our erection? Because I don't know, you can just get random ones. And you didn't put your age here, so he could be young and just get random, random ones. I don't know. That's gonna be. I mean, that's the best advice I'm gonna be honestly be able to give in this situation. So, nevertheless, I'll move on. My girlfriend's teeth make me sick. Don't know what to do. I've been dating this girl, we are both 22, for a few months now, and I really like her, but I'm struggling to get past her horrible teeth. They are really crooked and yellow. She's insecure about them, so I haven't mentioned this to her, but her teeth are really bugging me lately. Her breath doesn't smell or anything, and I'm pretty sure she brushes her teeth twice a day, but they look bad. I was thinking about suggesting Invisalign or an offering to pay half, but I don't want to hurt her feelings. So that is a, that is somewhat of a situation you got yourself in. Um, because like you're the boyfriend and she's the girlfriend. I, I assumed you've established that. Actually, I don't even know. I just, you just said she's the girlfriend. Uh, that's all. That's all. I, that's all I really know. Regardless though, what your gender is, um, Though, so yeah, you can't necessarily, there's there's not going to be an easy way. It's like, look, I want you to fix your teeth. Like, there's no way you're going to be able to bring that up without sounding like a dick. That's just, uh, that's just the way life is. Um, some people are like, but there's probably a way. And I'm like, eh, I'm giving real advice. I'm not doing your hypotheticals or whatever. Um, so the whitening thing. Um, so I think what you're going to have to do in this situation is bring up, uh, subtle suggestions that aren't like on the nose, but like maybe hints and kind of psychologically get into her brain that she needs to get her teeth fixed. Now whitening, you know, you yourself could try white strips or whatever uh, you would want to do to whitening and, you know, you do it and then she'll be like, hmm, maybe I should do that too. So that's a good, like way to trick her into whitening her teeth because there is a bit difference like you get your clean and then you can get like a professional whitening done on the teeth uh like that um so that would be my suggestion for you in regards to like uh 
what you can do about the the whitening, the yellowing of the teeth. Because sometimes it's just, you know, coffee and shit. Like, teeth get stained. That's just what happens. But uh, you should try to fix as much as possible. Um, regards to the crookedness, that's going to be a thing. You know, obviously you think like Invisalign. You may be too old for braces. To be a working professional with braces is kind of weird. Um, what, only thing you can really do is like get her to bring up, maybe she wants to fix something about her teeth or something like that. Oh, I want to fix my teeth or something like that. Maybe like somehow get it so she brings it up and they'd be like, yeah, I would fully support you, you know, getting your teeth straightened. If you need like money help, I can help you with the Invisalign and get Invisalign or Smile Direct Club, stuff like that. You know, you could just bring Candid too. I think that's one. So like, you know, you just, you know, you'd be like, hey, I'd help you out with that. Yeah. If you want to feel comfortable, if you want to, if you want to be more comfortable in your body and you fixing your teeth would do that, I'd be more than happy to help. So you kind of have to turn it so she brings it up and then you be fully supportive of like, hey, I'm going to help you out, fix it and everything. That's what you should do. So that's, I mean, that's the best way to do it. But yeah, there's no, there's going to be no easy way for you to be drunken on the nose. I would really like it if you fix your teeth because that's just going to piss her off, to be honest. Um, that's, I, I it's, I've watched enough Everybody Loves Raymond to know that would be a bad idea. So do not do that shit. And uh, nevertheless, though, yeah, after that, it's just your life is a little bit better. Better than better than it could ever be. Because then she has fixed teeth. And uh, that's that's a good life investment, too. Just, you know, teeth are something, yeah, a lot of people would say teeth are something you should go into debt for. Just because bad teeth say so much. Like... And, like, you know, you go to, like, dentist offices. Like, I remember seeing pictures of stuff like that. It's, like, you notice, like, someone with, like, a little, like, you know, like, gar- like pepper or whatever in their teeth, like, smiling. Before you know someone with, like, six fingers on a hand and other things like that. Like, you know, it's a smile first. Like, a smile is something good to invest in. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be something that you got to you gotta make her bring up and be like, I'm, I'm fully supportive of you. I want you to feel comfortable in your body. Uh, and then... Yeah, that's the only way you can do this. Maybe make some subtle hints, maybe suggestions. Make get it in her mind, and then she'll bring it up to you. So that's yeah, that's something you can do. Um, let's move on to our next one. I don't know if the guy I really like sees me as a friend. Uh, so the situation is like this. We've been friends for quite a few months, and I really can't tell if he likes me or not. He always wants to know how I'm doing, is eager to meet my family and friends, gets along with me 100%. The feeling is unreal, and we always end up sleeping and cuddling together. This happens because we usually go out together. He, he comes where I am, and he ends up in my place, and we just spend the night together after a few cuddles and also comes continues in the morning or even for the full weekend a few weeks ago i was quite down because i didn't have the money to go to madrid for a trip i was planning with my friends he actually gifted me the train ticket to go there for a few days on those dates also another day i told him i was feeling down and he made me made a 50 50 minute walk just to come see me though even though he already had plans with his family and arrived quite late however i've been seeing a fuck buddy this last I've been seeing a fuck buddy this last few months just for hookups. He obviously doesn't like this guy, and I actually plan on stop seeing him, but he always asks me how things are going with this guy and how I'm feeling. Also, he seemed quite relieved when I told him I plan on leaving this guy. Last time we were together, we made out in bed, and I told him we should have sex. However, the cleaning lady was in the room next door, and he didn't think it was a good idea. What has got me thinking, if he really likes me or doesn't, it's the fact that he told me he sees 
sees me as a friend and we shouldn't hook up. What do you think about this? Should I continue to try or should I stop? I actually really like him and think we would make such good partners. Thank you very much, XX. Um, so I'm going to make an honest. So he's, he's happy. So one thing I would say in regards to men, for some reason women think men are super complicated. We're not. We're not that complicated human beings. Uh, basically, we want to eat, we want to fuck, and uh, we want to sleep. That's basically the three tenets of being a man. Um, and basically everything a man does is to get to all three. Uh, why do we work jobs that we possibly hate but make a lot of money? Uh, so you will want to fuck us. And uh, if we, when we fuck, some, after we nut, sometimes we get tired and we can sleep. And we have money for food. I mean, it's just our motivations in life. So uh, for men, though, so obviously those. But also, if a man really likes you, what he 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 shows it in actions a lot more than words or anything like that. So uh, if he's is just showing you, it's like ask him to do something you know he would not like doing. And if he does it for you, that means he loves you and likes you and shit like that. Um, so yeah, it sounds like he's doing that shit. Uh, he's also very happy you stopped hooking up with your friends with benefits. That's a good sign, too, that he likes you. Um, and he's, you wanted to have sex with him, and he said, no, we shouldn't hook up. I think he's doing that so he does not get his feelings hurt if you don't like him. So maybe – so what I'll think here um, on my end, you yourself are probably not giving very good hints as to if you like him or not. Um uh, so you are going to have to put a little bit more effort in. He He's probably just going to keep himself a little bit guarded. That's what men do. We keep ourselves a little bit guarded. And when, women are like, why don't men cry? It's because, like, if we do, then you see us as weak and you don't like us anymore. Then we get extra hurt. So men usually will keep their guard up in situations like that until they know it's safe to put their guard down. And that's just, that's the way it is. Um, situations like that. So um, basically I do believe he likes you. Um but basically, he wants to know if you're ready to commit, if you're a ride or die. Volume 2 out now, wherever you stream your music, obviously. So that's just something you need to check out as well. Just, you know, mainly I would just say you're going to have to be a little bit more obvious with him and stuff like that. And if you really want to be with him, like, if you just show that honesty to him, he, he'll he be ride or die. Obviously, out now, wherever you stream your music, by Shweezy. So, yeah, just be uh, a little, don't try to do this whole, I gave you a hint and you didn't get it. Men aren't going to notice that. Just be direct with them. Don't play games because playing games, I'm, I just turned 28 and I don't deal with games anymore. I'm like, oh, we're, you want to play games. No, I'm not into this. Bye, bitch. Um, anyways, next, next question. Friend keeps asking me to be gross around him. Okay, this is silly, but I'm honestly a bit lost. My male friend and I, female, are both in our 30s and have been friends for a few years, but gotten closer recently. When we're on the phone, he tends to belch, sometimes fart, not excessively, maybe once or twice a month, and I laugh. I'm not made of stone. Farts are funny as long as they're not in my face. Oh, you're normal. Uh, but he wonders why I don't do it as well. I told him, while well, I'm not offended by this at all, I just don't feel comfortable doing that yet. And he explains that it took literal years, maybe around seven, to get comfortable around our mutual friend, also another guy. He honestly seemed jealous. Like, I don't get it. Why on earth would I care so much about hearing me belch or fart? He brings it up kind of frequently. So he's gross, and it does sound like you are have a little bit of grossness in you too. So luckily you're a cool chick, and I will call you not like a cool chick, but like you're pretty cool. Um, I think... 
he just wants you to feel comfortable around him, and that's the whole that that's the whole situation. I think that's all he really wants. And uh, for me, like, there's some guys who are like, "Oh, I don't want a woman to fart around me. That's so gross." Me, I'm just like, "You do it too." Like, I don't care. Obviously, in the situations, like, don't do it on my face, and like, you know, and the right times and shit like that. You know, there's appropriate times like fart and burp and shit like that, like burping during a podcast. But, uh, yeah, in this situation, from what it sounds like, it sounds like, yeah, he just wants you to be comfortable around him. Because, yeah, if I'm with a girl, I'm like, I expect you to fart and burp around me. I'm not expecting you to hide that from me. Like, mainly because I'm not going to do it either, and I can't expect someone else to do something I'm not going to do myself. You know, it's just shit like that. Like, the I saw this meme, it's just like, I would never date a girl who say, like, bro, I don't care what cell phone plan she's on <laughs> or something like that. I mean, you know what cellulite is, and I'm guaranteed if I see cellulite, I'm probably not going to care. You know, yeah, just, yeah, that's who it is. So, um, yeah, he's probably just wants you to feel comfortable around him, and he's nervous that he, your mate, he's, you're uncomfortable around him and shit like that. That's all it is. I don't think you should overthink it too much because the more you overthink it, the more uh, – the more it's going to get worse. So, yeah, just don't overthink shit like that. And uh, at the end of the day, you can be better friends. So next question. Can you hook up with braces? So I have been chatting with this guy for about a week now, and everything is going great. The only issue is I haven't hooked up with him with anyone since I got my braces on. At first, I was too scared to, like, grate something that shouldn't be graded lol but i'm just wondering is it possible i just feel like they'd be the elephant in the room if you get me like i'm not even sure if kissing normally is possible let alone anything else i've been holding off on it for a year now and was planning to wait until february when i get them off but this guy and i have hit it off so well i don't know if it if could be like uh, wait until February, sorry. I keep putting it off because I'm not sure what I could actually do without hurting him. So is it possible anyone with experience with this type of having advice warnings? He also knows I have them if that helps. Haha. <laughs> um, okay. So I've never had braces. Um, only thing wrong with my teeth, I have like, I've had, I mean, I've basically top teeth are straight, bottom teeth are straight. I think one's slightly crooked, but it's not ruining my smile or anything. I've had other teeth problems. I had, I'm like a baby tooth right here still in my mouth. That's why sometimes you see me smile. It looks like it's slanting. That's why I have a baby tooth. And um, the adult tooth got stuck in my gums like right here, like near my chin. Uh, and so basically I was just like, I'm le- basically my idea was like, I'm leaving it. I'm not, I'm not removing it. Like, sounds like a lot of work. But then I had to get wisdom teeth surgery, which I got it before I even had pain. So tell me that. And I hate it afterwards because you're just so hungry all the time. But anyway, so they're already removing that. So they're like, we can just remove the fifth one while we're there. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> because I knew, you know, eventually the wisdom teeth would hurt like a bitch. But uh, no, so yeah, I have a baby tooth in my mouth still. And uh, they said, like, if it falls out, then they'll put a fake one in there. So not too worried about that, but... Uh, I guess, like, they—why it hasn't fallen out, those of you are probably wondering. I guess the teeth buy it squished in to keep it from falling out, and, uh, yeah, it, it is weird how it's not, like, falling out or anything. It is It is kind of interesting. Um, anyways, though, so, yeah, I've never had braces. Uh, long story short, I've never had braces. However, um, it is possible to kiss— braces um i think i dated a girl in high school she had i don't think she had she didn't have braces at 
Oh yeah, she did have braces and we kissed and that wasn't a big deal. She had a retainer too. She had a retainer for a long time. A long time too. And uh that never really got in the way of anything. I'm gonna give you uh from my experience, no, it's not gonna hurt. Um you don't really kiss with your teeth anyways. Not really much teeth getting involved with you're kissing correctly. I think you're probably just young. Um yeah, you, there's not a lot of teeth in regards to kissing. And then someone's gonna be like, I use my teeth when I kiss. And I'll be like, good for you. Um, I don't. And, uh, yeah, um, I don't think it's something you should worry about. Keep be mindful of it a little bit, but, uh, something a little bit be mindful of, but, uh, it's not, I don't think it's gonna be something that's gonna hurt, because you don't really kiss with your teeth. And, uh, I won't stop that from kissing someone. Uh, you don't have to wait till marriage to kiss someone, like some Christians I know. But, uh, yeah, so I would just uh, give you the good old uh, don't worry about it. We've got two more questions, folks, and then we're going to end this episode. I own this is two 16-year-olds. Okay, I want to kiss my girlfriend, but I don't know when and how. So, yeah, I'm with my first girlfriend in my life, and I'm her first boyfriend, too. It makes us very careful in what we do. Even though we've only been together for three weeks, we hug in crazy amounts, and I really want to kiss her, but I don't know how or when. I practically do not know how to kiss and how to please her. I am so afraid, also afraid of her reaction, even though I can see that we both care about our relationship. I really need help. Finally, I don't want to act, ask her directly if I can kiss her. Obviously, yeah, asking her kind of ruins the mood. Um... Buddy, so you're 16, so this is adorable. Uh, you're 16, and uh, worry about your first kiss um, with this girl. Um, well, first of all, what I'm going to tell you is you're just going to have to get the timing right. That's going to be one thing. Just don't do that. I know where maybe like a goodbye uh, will be a good way to do this. Basically, easiest thing you can do is you just kind of have to go for it. Also, like, we gotta, like, we gotta put down the, res be respectful about it, too. You just can't be trying to kiss every girl you want. But obviously, it seems like you two are in a relationship. Um, I'm gonna be honest. Uh, yeah, maybe just find a good moment and then just go for it. I'm gonna guarantee that uh, she's not gonna have a problem with it either. So, uh, dude, I remember when I was a kid, I was, I, I kissed a girl when I was, like, I think 12 was when I kissed my first girl. It was in the parking lot of my middle school. So romantic and I remember closing my eyes doing it and I was like I don't even think my tongue my tongue didn't go in her mouth folks I was 12 I don't think I really understood too much about that um it was just like lips on lips and shit like that uh but it was like it was like held there for a while shit like that uh adorable me uh but yeah I think yeah buddy go for it be respectful make sure if she's like you have to kind of think fast, though. If she's not into it, she'll back away, and you kind of have to, you know, respect her. So that's, you know, that's going to be the best thing I can say on that, buddy. Just respect her. That's going to be the best. That's the best lesson. Just respect her. Last question of the day. It's been two years since he broke up with me, and I'm still not over him. We were together for about six months until he broke up with me. It was clear he wasn't interested in me after the breakup and didn't even want to be friends with me after breaking up. He doesn't believe exes can be friends. The breakup was fine, no drama, no contact. It was a clean break. I don't keep track of him, and I know he most likely doesn't keep track of me either. We are both... Oh, my computer. God. Uh... Oh, where was I? Okay. Uh, 
broke up, it was tied down, it was perfectly sound, everything was fine. Before that, perfect even, I have enough respect for him to give him that freedom he deserves. Uh, the problem is, it's been two years of no contact, and he's still on my mind every day. I don't know how to get over him. It's been like this for a while. It's not just a moment of weakness I'm having. I really do miss him. I've dated other people. I have a very successful life. I've made so many friends with those two years. I have everything I want, but I cannot, for the life of me, understand why I can't let him go. Even in other relationships, I still think about him. It's like in the back of my mind, I continue to live my life, but I live it with the thoughts he'll be there in the future. I don't think he's... But ever be interested in rekindling the relationship and I'm content with that. I also am not sure I'd ever want to be together again with someone who didn't want me the first time. Have you ever dealt with this? How do you move on? So, I have dealt with this, but there's a couple couple things here I, I want to think about first. Uh, one, the first one I want to say I think there's something I'm not saying it's him or anything there's something that keeps making you think about him. There's something about, there's something there that's like making you, him come back up again, up and down, up and down, up and down, that is going on in your mind. And so that's, that's kind of a thought. There's something going on that makes you keep thinking about him. So good question. Good question. There's something about him that, uh, that's in your mind. Uh, that, keep, that he keeps coming up in your head over and over again. So that's something. Um, so once you kind of, you kind of may have to just do some deep thinking, think about what that is and um, uh, kind of stop it. Like the no contact, I do, I do agree with no contact in a relationship. Like, look, it, re with relationships, unless you have a child together, there's no reason you need to be talking to your exes. Like it's just, it's plain simple. I like, uh, like what point do they have in your life now? Like we're friends, but like, all my friends, I don't want to fuck. I don't want to fuck all my friends. Like, even if you're not together, it's like, I still kind of want to fuck. At one point, you were like, I want to fuck, and then shit like that. Um, also, so yeah, there's something like that. So there's also, he's living rent-free in your mind. So that's, uh, that's another thing here. Let's go with that idea. He's living rent-free in your mind. Um, evict him from your mind. So... Um, maybe sometimes if he, he just keeps coming back in your mind, you probably had that. He's something's, there's a reason he's in there. Maybe, uh, do what I do, uh, gain an extra voice in your head and just be like, stop thinking about him. Uh, he's not that good. Think about why you don't like him and shit like that. A great way to just tell him, shut the fuck up. You know, uh, that's something too. Um, other thing, um, Last thing I kind of do want to say with this is there's some form of like closure you need um, with him that you never you never got real proper closure. Like he said, it was a clean break, but there's some sort of closure you didn't get uh, in regards to the relationship. And since you don't have that closure, that's why it's just gonna be in your mind because you because you know it was a clean break, but you you felt like on your end you didn't get to end it the way you wanted to and everything like that. So. I like that. And then there's also, you know, there's the idea that he broke up with you. So, like, it's always different when you get broken up with vice from vice versa. It's just, you know, it's just the way it is sometimes. And so, you don't know, always you. But uh, mainly, um, mainly the thoughts I would say that you have is there's something keeping you coming back to him in your mind. Not physically, because I guess you are still no contact. There's something making you come back, whether it's uh, something you're not 
posting about, which is fine. You're like, this is fucking the internet. You don't need to post your whole life on the internet. Um, or it's closure, or there's the way you think about him in your mind. He's living rent-free in there. Um, yeah, I, I would just say it's something, and maybe, I really do think probably, most likely, thinking out loud, it's probably closure. You probably just need closure um, in regards to this situation, and uh, and that way you may have to stop thinking about him. So I think that's, yeah, that's that's that. And with all that being said, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Cancel Shweezy 45 up in here. I want to thank Front Porch Studios for letting me record in here yet again, uh, giving me a good time for a long time. So uh, hopefully more updates on my live coming soon. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cancel Shweezy. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can always email the shredcast at gmail.com. Uh, along with hitting me up on all social media at the Shweezy everywhere, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, anywhere that you're on social media, I'm there. And you can always just go follow me, chat with me, message me. I'm always posting updates on everything there. And uh, yeah, and then uh, also go check out my music under Shweezy, Ride or Die Volume 2. It's been out for almost two months now. Uh, and I just turned 28. It was my 20th birthday. And it's a great way, you know, to be like, hey, you know what I'm going to do for his 20th birthday? I... I'm going to stream Ride or Die Volume 2 nonstop because that's the way – that's a great way of saying thank you for being a friend. Obviously, uh, you can go support us financially on Patreon. is a great way to say – really the best way to say thank you for being a friend. But uh, you know what? At least do that free shit. You know, you can always – if you're on YouTube, like, subscribe, check out the highlights, leave comments. Always a great way to interact and just interact with me. Interact with Daddy. But uh, if you're audio only, obviously subscribe on your preferred audio platform. And uh, leave a review, like the show, uh, you know, follow me everywhere, everywhere you get your uh, podcast. So that being said, that's how I'm ending the episode today. Honk if you love butt drugs and stay awesome. Pray for Micah. Hey, you just finished a full episode of Cancel Sweezy. Thank you so much for uh, finishing the full episode. You made it this far, and I am super proud of you. Uh, if you want to support the show even further, we do have a Patreon page where you can financially support the show, keep us going financially, and uh, being one of the top-ranking spoke lords that I know that you can be. And uh, thank you so much. Make sure you like and subscribe this video if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening to the audio. Make sure you subscribe and leave a review wherever you're listening to the podcast. Thank you so much. And uh, like I said before, stay awesome.